Hi, today is November 28th, 2021. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA. Thank you. Wow, how is everybody doing? Um, this is the Theta Game Podcast, hosted by your host, me, Junie. Uh, anything said in this podcast, a future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. This is really weird. This is a different intro. <laughs> uh, and I have stock positions in NVIDIA. Thank you. Oh, and today is December 5th, 2021. We're almost done with the year. So that's pretty cool. Changing up the intro just a little bit today. Uh, totally not done on... Uh, purpose though but uh this week is gonna be pretty interesting so for uh earnings this week december 6th uh after close on monday you have sumo logic mongodb and gitlab uh before open on tuesday you have autozone after close on tuesday you have days and <laughs> days and buster dave and busters as well as stitch fix and PagerDuty, shout out to all the devs uh, that I know that are on PagerDuty. You're the hero that your company does need. <laughs> uh, before open on Wednesday, you have Lovesack. Um, after close on Wednesday, you have GameStop um, and Udemy. Uh, before open on Thursday, nothing. <laughs> after close on Thursday, you have Lululemon, Chewy, Costco, Broadcom, and Oracle. Uh, and before open on Friday, there is Academy Sports Outdoors, which, you know, some of you listening are from Texas, so you totally know everything about this uh, company. But uh, just a little bit of insight. I went to Texas for the F1 Grand Prix uh, a few months ago, or was it a month ago? I'm not sure, but I went to Texas. Uh, Academy Sports Outdoors uh, is just uh, the big five of Texas, or it's the Dick's Sporting Goods of Texas. When we were at the F1 race, uh, there were so many Academy uh, Academy chairs, because they got their branding on the back and stuff, and like everyone shopped there for the lawn chairs that you basically need if you go to a general admissions event in Texas. But it was it was cool. It was cool um, just seeing, like, a stock that I kind of know about from the stock market, just seeing it in full effect, being at a sports event, kind of like a F1. But, you know, this also doesn't mean buy Academy Sports right now. I just thought it was a really cool um, life experience that I shared with my friends and then seeing Academy Sports Outdoors branding and just saying like oh yeah I, I, isn't that the stock that everyone's trading right now um and yeah that was cool i don't have any academy um uh, stock uh or merch for that matter i actually got my chair at rei but you know power to you the most notable earnings that i can see for this week are gamestop costco and lululemon so lululemon will be a good gauge on just how well retail is doing on the premium end um, GameStop, there's just so much volatility baked into it because everyone's still talking about the short squeeze and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that stuff gets super old and you wouldn't believe, like, if you haven't been keeping up to date with GameStop, there are still tons of people that believe it will happen. Will it happen? It, 
it could who knows i'm not kept up to date with that but just imagine how stuck you would be if you were just hoping for this one really rare event to happen you're missing out on learning about other ways of investing you're maybe tying up your money and something that stresses you out every day there's like a lot of pros and cons with trading a, a stock like gamestop it's fun but really, like it's about to be the new year. Maybe it's time that you start looking at other stocks uh, that don't require a short squeeze, gamma squeeze, or you know any sort of like um, big monumental event happening. Uh, you can dollar cost average into stocks that you shop at or that you use. Something more boring along those lines. But maybe if your year this year was not as good as you expected it to be. Maybe 2022 is finally your year where you decide, hey, I'm going to play it safe so I can build up the wealth so that, you know, maybe in retirement or uh, that I just don't feel uh, broke anymore. That I don't need to say like, uh, you know, shoot for the moon and to change my life. I could rather just be more responsible, trade more responsible and, you know, be proud of like the portfolio that I'm building or the portfolio um that you are uh managing right because that entire process is really fun but it's not fun when you're managing a whole bunch of like losing positions right so there is some truth in that stocks uh always go up and maybe dialing back some of that risk can let you uh enjoy the the longer term of investing where you're not expecting maybe like 20 percent in a month uh with options but rather you're looking for 20% for the year. But in building that 20% for the year, you're also building your wealth where you're not getting got by doing uh, riskier strategies or, um, you know, it, basically that. It's like once you start understanding like you're working really hard for your money, some days you come home, you're so tired, you, all you do is you'll go to bed and you wake up and do the same thing. Like you work super hard for that money and some of you choose to work super hard and then shoot for the moon, which is okay because I'm all for that superhero archetype where like, yeah, you're just kind of tired and you want to just, um, you're a good person and you have a little bit of money and you want to shoot for the moon. I'm all for it. Like you want to be that hero, I will cheer you on. But the probability of that succeeding is very low. So rather... I. I'd rather have you feel like you have hope in making a difference in your life by like saving responsibly for retirement or you know maybe just seeing your uh, account or portfolio grow is enough for you to finally realize like oh yeah there is actually merit in just growing your wealth by like maybe saving some of your paycheck and buying responsible stock with that paycheck and then you know because a long time ago and I mentioned this in a few podcast episodes ago episodes ago where it was a huge deal when I first hit five digits in my bank account that was really really big some people hit that number like in high school now and it's like whatever but I remember being like 22 23 um, and I had like five digits in my bank account after you know you're saving up and putting buying stocks with it and you know it wasn't ten thousand dollars cash but it was like ten thousand dollars like net liquidity of my account like at ten thousand dollars worth of cash and stocks combined um and so that was a big deal and that was like a part of the turning moment for me it was like oh wow yeah if i just 
keep putting money in here. I mean, I don't need to spend it anyway. I don't want to buy like all this um, like clothes or like a fancy car yet, right? Like I wasn't into that at that time. And then so um, I think that's what helped me the most is doing it for fun because I thought investing was just fun or trading was fun. And so I kept doing that. And as I was becoming more and more responsible, uh, I just saw my portfolio grow. And it wasn't because I was this awesome trader or like this, you know, this uh, Michael Burry, you know, envisioner, right? Like I was just putting some of my paycheck away, buying stocks that, you know, I thought I liked at the time. Um, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions ever because I finally got to see my account start growing because I understand that pain. Putting away like $200 into a savings account, like that is, that does not work for me, right? And some of you might say like, oh yeah, because the interest rates and blah, blah, blah. It's not the interest part that gets me the most, it, it, though that does bother me, right? I'd rather have my returns come from stocks appreciating, but um, buying stock with your money feels better than just putting your money away to something where it feels like you, you're more in power and the choices that you make um, bring in more return because it's like your choice. That's what I love about investing is like it can it can be almost remasked or reskinned as like just being something that helps you save money. Because if you're just buying stock, especially if it's a responsible stock, and I'll let you use your own judgment for what responsible means. If you're just buying responsible stock and you know you don't care about it, you keep it in your portfolio, you never sell it, you're just essentially saving money just with like one extra step. But that one extra step might be the factor of which you start like thinking like, oh yeah, you know, like this is fun and I, I'm, I'm willing to do this you know, for as long as it's fun, I'm saving up money. And heck, if I need to buy a house one day, you know, I know that, you know, I'm saving up for this, uh, saving up for it eventually. So yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to save money, so many ways to look at it, you can be as uh, old school as putting coins and extra cash in a jar, or you can, you know, have, you know, some sort of recurring transfer of your checkings, to your savings, you can uh, buy stock, you can, uh, you know, do some like tax advantage things with HSAs and IRAs. There's so many different ways to look at it. And this is just my perspective of just like viewing the stock market as a cool way for me to enjoy a hobby, but at the same time, also save money. Uh, granted that I just know that I have to be responsible uh, in order to keep the saving part relevant. But I think I do a good job of that, and I'm very, very excited for next year. Okay, and moving into today's topic, just wanted to kind of go over the current health of the market right now, where um, you know stocks are definitely correcting, um, and crypto uh, this weekend plunged around like 18, 19, 20%. Um, and looking at the futures right now, uh, the NASDAQ futures, which are the futures for basically tech, um, they're not doing so hot either. Right now, we're going to probably, it looks like we're going to be opening like uh, down 1.5%. Uh, but there are plenty of hours before uh, the stock market does actually open. So maybe it fluctuates maybe even more down or maybe it fluctuates back up. But um, right now, people are scared. People are making their bets on how far down we will go. Um, and then people are also asking for help. 
I've gotten a few questions uh, regarding like what exactly uh, I do, what do I change when I know or when I think the market is going to go down. Uh, and that's just basically what today will be. Uh, I have a, another podcast episode, episode number 55. I had to do a search for it. Uh, it's called The Stock Market Will Crash. Uh, I'm probably going to call this Stock Market Will Crash Part 2. Um, and, you know, if you want some, you know, older opinion or just see how consistent I am <laughs> with just saying the same thing or maybe my opinions change, I haven't listened to the episode, but thought I would talk about it in this one as well. So, uh, episode 55, Stock Market Will Crash. Um, but this is just, I guess, my updated opinion. If it has changed, I don't think it has. Um, but yeah, just a few helpful things of what I found to be helpful for myself, and hopefully some of that could relate to you. The number one rule, just that is more specific to bear markets than any other time, is to trade less, okay? What I'm trying to convey is that you get flustered as a human, right? We're very emotion, we're very emotional. So when you take a hit on a loss, the next thing you probably want to do is find the trade that will help you break even. Maybe that's playing the same thing on the opposite side, or maybe that's just going to another sector. Um, but you really, really feel like, okay, I just took a hit on this. What's my play that will bring me back? This is very dangerous behavior when uh, we're in a like a downtrend market because the way I look at it is as long as I bet on the stock market going up, and that could be a bet where I buy a leap, that could be a bet where I buy a call, that might be a bet where I sell a put, that might be a bet where I just buy stock, right? There are a multitude of bets that just bet that the stock market will go up. As soon as the stock market is, you know, judged to go down, there are things that you should do to protect yourself from getting got, uh, namely uh, thinking that this stock market will go down forever. A lot of people get stuck, especially say, for example, you win on your very first put that you buy, right? You buy a put, you bet that spy's gonna go down like five percent this week, and you hit on that one. Your first mind is like, okay. Nice, I'm going to buy even further out the money this time. It's going to keep going down. And then you start betting that the market will go down. But you know deep down that the stock market always goes up. And I'm putting air quotes that you can't see. But the stock market always goes up. Um, and that's not a winning game. you betting on the stock market going down when, in fact, it's gone up in its like entirety. Like If you zoom all the way out on the spy graph, it's really only gone up uh, there are blips where it goes down but then this is where you start got to think like okay what is the chances that I can bet on the correct movement going downwards on these small blips because really that's what you're doing you're hoping that you're right on this blip you are correct on this blip because again stock market usually goes up you're trying to be right on this blip of time. And that is very risky. So an alternative to that, uh, which is you know my first rule of trading inside like a bear market is like, don't do it. Uh, you definitely should be trading less, or that's at least what's worked for me. I trade less during bear markets. 
Um, there are gaps of time where like all I'm writing is covered calls, making sure that my break-evens are sound. Um, maybe I might buy stock, but I won't ever go like all in or it's not a play that needs to win for me to make like a, a large amount of money. I'm not trying my best to maximize my gains during a very scary time. I think that's very irresponsible and that's not thinking about the future. Do people do it and are some people successful? Heck yes. And I am a fan. Just straight up. Like I have nothing really bad to say for those that um, go for that type of stuff and then they make it. Like I'm not going to say, oh, it was luck. It was irresponsible of them. Oh, they're bad examples. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's... The people that get got and they get super sad or, you know, they start, they give up on just like finances and they just decide, okay, I'm just going to work for the rest of my life. And they start catering to that type of mindset. Like that's what I'm trying to avoid, right? I'm trying to have you be someone that trades for a long time because they see it as something that can actually benefit them in the long run instead of like changing their life uh, for the better or worse, depending on how big of a bet that goes well or not. Right, like I'd rather have you just have this like soft rule where it's like, oh, you know, uh, my friend that has a random podcast said like, oh, he doesn't trade during bearish market, so you know, maybe I maybe I give that a go and see, um, you know, just how how well the start stock market rebounds because this is coming from the guy uh, that got assigned eighty thousand dollars worth of stock right during the Corona crash, and that was super scary. Um, but what I found out through the coronavirus crash, uh, the uh, supply chain issues, uh, Donald Trump getting COVID, uh, China war tensions, um, like all these things that have called, caused blips. Oh, interest rate, rate hikes, uh, like all of these things caused blips of the stock market to go down. And I just don't like trading in those environments. I'd rather just wait for the uptrend than trade on the uptrend. So, you know, people that say like, oh, uh, yeah, Juni makes money, but he does it in a boring way. And it's, uh, it's not even a whole lot. Um, anybody could do those types of trades. And, uh, you know, I just uh, rather trade another way that uh, doesn't make me money. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's really not that hard to make money in the stock market and before you uh you know get angry let me just try to explain what i mean by that i think as long as you just buy responsible stock and you leave it alone you're going to make some amount of money okay and some money is better than no money because you lose to inflation and, and everything else but what i want to just emphasize is that that's all you have to do at a bare minimum to participate in the stock market is just buy stock and just sit on it. And if you if you bought something responsible, chances are you'll make money. But here's the here's the here's the statistic. Here, you know what? I'm actually gonna look it up right now. One sec. So all I see is this statistic where 20% um, of professional investors make more than the average investor in the stock market. So we're we're just not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I'm just going to go on with my anecdotal assumptions that the stock market is actually easy because uh, there's a very good chance that if you are red in the market right now, your partner that does not understand anything about the stock market 
is beating you. And that should be a tall tale sign of you are doing something wrong and you need to figure out what that is and fix it. Uh, and a part of what could be wrong is that, hey, maybe you're trying to play the downtrend sometimes and you should have the stats of playing those downtrends and see how often those actually work out for you because that is very scary. And so that doesn't also mean uh, that you are buying just only puts, right? Like if there is a scary, scary environment, right? Like even theta gang strategies can mess you up. Uh, and this is just being like being on the sell side messes you up. Because what happens if you're uh, just in your chair or in your car right now saying, Junie, I do trade the downtrend, but I just bet that the stock market will go up, you know, because don't you say that, like, you know, everything will be fine if we're just optimistically bullish and just being careful? Like, why why are you putting so much emphasis on just, like, not trading at all? I'm just betting that the stock market goes up and sometimes it usually goes up and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the problem with that is, like, if you are trading in a volatile environment, and you are selling puts, what happens if the stock keeps going down, right? Uh, some of you are saying, oh, well, you know, I just get assigned and, you know, I start selling my uh, cover calls and I'm, I'm normal again. A lot of people lack discipline when it comes to stocks, when it comes to scary things or big movements of money like uh, getting assigned. Um, things can get also get out of hand uh, if you're even on the sell side, say, for example, with spreads um, or something that has a very definitive max loss where you're not given shares, like if you quote, like lose. Um, and so getting out of hand with those, maybe trying to uh, time the bottom where maybe you're selling put credit spreads when it hits this certain support, hoping for like a big jump the next day so you can exit with like a lot of volatility premium on it. Um, it's just... A whole bunch of rabbit worms, rabbit can of worms, thing, that, whatever. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch to keep track of. And if you can just limit your trading to uh, just when the stock market is going up, uh, then at least you could get comfortable with some sort of process and define your style of trading then. Otherwise, if you're trading in an environment that constantly goes up and down, up and down, you're not going to know what part of your system actually doesn't work. You might start blaming it on, the, on other people. Uh, and so uh, to sum up the very first thing that I would recommend that people do if they're looking to you know, trade better during volatile environments is to not trade at all during volatile env environments. Um, like There are small gray areas where like cover calls and... Um, maybe uh, buying a few more shares here and there are, is okay, but like the more I think explicit rules you have for yourself when you're first starting out, uh, the better. Because as you are very concrete with your rules and as you get better and better, you start understanding the gray area more. Whereas if you start off with the gray area first, uh, you, there's lots of chances where you can like lie to yourself and kind of like bend the rules and then end up getting got anyway. Okay, so the cat's out of the bag. You know my first rule now. Uh, some of you, but maybe before hearing that, you know, I'm a big preacher of like uh, not trading at all. Uh, some of you might ask like, okay, so do you buy the dip? And I like buying dips. I buy stock uh, usually on days where it's red. That's like my tall tail sign of like whether or not I'm doing it because I actually like the company or maybe I just like the previous news of the company where if I was buying it when it was green. 
Um, so buying buying it when it's red feels better for me uh, because uh, I like to like self check myself sometimes. Like, okay, am I really buying this because I want to buy this, or am I buying this because you know it's just the cool thing to buy right now? It's just one of those things that I have self debates on. But um, yeah, making sure that you uh, try your best to understand how you're buying the dip and why you're buying the dip. Buying the dip, aka like you buying a few shares because you know you have like maybe you have like ten thousand uh, dollars of cash just sitting there in the portfolio, and say for example your favorite stock like Home Depot or Costco goes down like. 10% in a day for what for whatever reason I have no clue what would make it go down that low but just say if it did then maybe like buying like three shares of Costco is not that bad right if you're only putting in a thousand dollars or nine hundred ninety nine dollars or however much Costco is trading right now it's like three hundred dollars a share you if you compare that to someone that also buys the dip but they instead also have ten thousand dollars but they use all $10,000 to buy Costco right then and there, that might not be the best move either. Because again, what happens if Costco keeps going down, right? Well, then you say, I bought the dip. What, what else do you want me to do, Junie? Like, you, I just bought the dip. Like, leave me alone. Like, you're, you just keep talking in, like, uh, hindsight. So, of course, I didn't know it was going to keep going down. So, uh, stop making fun of me for it, right? But it's not about just buying the dip and then being done with it. Buying the dip should be, like, a year-long process like if you have a long portfolio a stocks that you just genuinely like picking up shares at a, a quote discount um, when it's down on a red day is a good thing uh, and there should never really be any moment in your trading career and this is not this is the non-realistic side because everyone does it um, there should be really no moment in your trading career where you go all in at any point in time there's just no reason for it, um, especially like if Costco goes down ten percent a day. There should you shouldn't you shouldn't have that like inclination to just want to put all your money to Costco and just go all in right at that moment. If you're listening to this right now and you know you're just saying like, "Oh, Junie, you're crazy. I would never do that." Then I think your head in is a, is in a good place. But there are a lot of people, especially when you first start out, uh, say, for example, you just got into stock market and then uh, you're having all this stuff happen to you where the stock market is going down, crypto is going down, and you just see all these things start to go on sale and you're super excited uh, to buy the dip because you just have no position at all right now. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very big learning moment for you in case if you do buy it and it continues to go down. Then you just feel cheated because you're just like, wow, you know, um, I would love to like lower my break even or average more in, but I just don't have the income to sustain this, right? Like, um, if you have twenty thousand dollars on the side, you buy the ten percent dip on Costco with all twenty grand, and then you're at home. Maybe you bring in like two thousand dollars per paycheck, and you got expenses on top of that, and you can only put in like five hundred dollars a month. Um, to your twenty thousand uh, dollar position, then it's just, it's just like buying like a share and a half of Costco per month, and then suddenly you don't feel motivated to you know invest more, and you may you might want to just like exit out with a uh, with a loss because you're just tired of seeing the red in your portfolio, or you know just all these really like irrational things that could spawn from just one action, and it's just 
as simple as like buying the dip as a beginner because you don't know the context of everything else of what it's like to like say like hold a stock in the red for a really really long time or um, uh, getting into a stock that you really believed in and then having it go red finding out that oh okay you didn't believe in this someone else did and now you're stuck with it there's so many things that I can just talk about in this podcast that I can't necessarily protect you from I mean I don't think anybody can because it's just like learning moments you have to go through it yourself <laughs> and it's you know it's it's an entire process but the more you're aware of it the more chances of it being like a moment where you could just say like oh you know what you know this one weird guy on that podcast said like oh i don't got to go all in right now maybe it's best if i just put in like a thousand dollars first and see where it goes if it continues in an uptrend then maybe i put in a little bit more like two thousand dollars and then if it continues going up maybe three thousand dollars but even at that point you only have seven thousand dollars invested instead of 20k and so if it started dipping again you're just doing a relax now instead of freaking out because you're not down on your position um and so just really cool ways of just reframing how you think about the stock market can inspire you to start trading with some sort of style or strategy a lot of people get really scared about uh trading with a style or strategy because they're just like oh it seems like a lot of work it seems like this and that but really it's just a like this like trading strategies are just like rules you have for yourself if you want to share it on youtube if you want to share it on twitter or with anybody else that asks you like what do you do or etc like that's cool but like you should have some sort of subset of rules for yourself when you do trade not only to maximize gains but to definitely minimize losses uh i think yeah it's just oh i could talk about this forever but yeah just be safe in what you do when you buy the dip that is rule number two rule number three is not a rule these are just going to be like the list of things that i'm grateful for for when i have red days um and just maybe some small tips and pointers that i i have that are just not really rulable i guess um during red markets and i know a good bit of red markets because again i traded uh, through all of the coronavirus crash and then um, I was you know down maybe like 40 50k on an 80k assigned position um, and then I continued to talk every week on the podcast and I also continued to show all my trades my winners and losers from the very bottom to the tippy top like till, till t- t- today I'm like stuttering because I'm so excited um, so I know a good bit and these are just the smaller things that you know i think would take uh would people would take for granted you could tell that i start to stutter when i get really excited (laughs) um and so number one like being around a community that is um that is like accepting but is also accountable like if you are in a place here's here's a better way to put it being in a community where it is safe to lose, I think is very, very important for these types of environments where the market goes up and down, up and down. When you, um, or especially in markets that go down, down and down, you should feel like you should be, you're, you're able to talk about your mistakes, you can learn from your mistakes, and you can have feedback on your mistakes, um, all without being judged um, for making those mistakes. That's very hard to find 
in today's world for just about like any hobby, not just trading, but I think I have also mentioned this before where I think trading is very egotistical because there's a lot of money tied into it and being wrong means more than just being wrong. It means like, oh, this person lost money, this and that it can be a little bit embarrassing. But having a safe place to lose, I think is very important. So you should go out and try to find that safe place to lose. Uh, some of you are, might be thinking, oh, Judy, why are you assuming that I'm gonna lose? Oh, this, these are bad vibes. No, I think it's just everyone is destined to lose some of their trades. And I think um, losing is just part of the process. Uh, I still lose, um, you know, it's just, uh, something that's just part of the game. If you want to go to theatergame.com slash Juni, I took like a $100 loss on uh, my last set of cash secured puts for AMD, which actually worked out fine because uh, <laughs> I actually exited out for a loss and that saved me from having a bigger loss right now, which I would be holding on to and I'd be even more triggered. But I did the responsible thing. I deleveraged on a really good rally day and I feel really good right now. But nonetheless, I felt safe to that I can share my mistakes and I feel safe on this podcast, right? Like I talk about my losers, especially the bigger ones whenever I get them, uh, though that hasn't happened in a while because I just don't do those types of bets anymore. But this smaller AMD one, ah, it's not a big deal. And just, um, you know, being in like a Discord community that kind of like makes it a safe place to lose is, is also really important. Very thankful for the patrons that I have that continue to support the website and podcast. So that's like, that's very, very huge to me and very big part of like my everyday routine. Like I wake up, check Discord, I then go to do my, some of my nine to five stuff, check Discord, eat lunch, check Discord. It's like, it's nice, right? Like when you have like a good group of internet friends that are like wholesome, like it's, it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, but this discord or you know the theta game my discord like it's not the only one out there either so like definitely you know just go find some sort of like uh and like it could be a reddit it could be a subreddit it could be a discord it could be a twitter group it could be a youtube channel like find that good group of people that you you love interacting with and interact with them more um, I think that's I think that's the best way I could break this part down. Sticking with the plan, um, there's a lot of moments in the stock market where you'll be shaken out of your own thesis from your own plan, your own strategy because of a macro movement uh, event like this. Right now, it seems like there's a lot of correction happening just on the broader scope of things, and it could be directly impacting some of your short-term positions. Like imagine if you put on like long calls like in the last month and you were super green on them and then all of a sudden this macro movement happens where everything seems to be going down uh yeah that is the time to reflect and ask yourself hey was i over leveraged at one point or hey why did i not take profits already or hey when should i um uh you know exit this for a loss you should have all of these answers already uh, or all these questions already answered. There's no real reason for you to find this out on the day that you want to actually sell this thing. You should have price targets in mind, or maybe if you never want to sell, because maybe you're just like a buyer of stock, that's great too. But as long as you know the answer to those questions of like, oh, when are you gonna sell? You say, oh, I'm never gonna sell, whatever. For options, it's a little different because there's expiration dates and you lose money and you don't just like have equity in something that goes down. You just really just lose money. 
uh, it's important to have these price targets in mind of like where do you win, where do you lose, and understand where you win and lose so that you know you feel more comfortable in sticking with the plan. A lot of people that um, exit a plan early or exit for a loss early uh, don't know where they exactly win and how they get out of the position that they might be in. If you take the time and say like, okay, this is my break even here. If it, if AMD or if this other stock goes up like X percent in the next like three weeks, I should be fine. I should receive full premium. Otherwise, if it keeps going down, maybe I buy like 50 shares at this price point. And if it keeps going down, I buy another 50 shares at this price point. And then that way, I can sell cover call on my recently picked up position, and I can manage my other um, long AMD position like just easier. There's so many ways you can start planning today for like the max loss scenario. Something that I used to say a lot more than you know I think this year is like account for max loss. Um, you have to always assume that you're going to be assigned on anything that you write because there's movements like this that are happening right now that people just don't think will happen and they're just going they're they're just putting all their money into these really dangerous strikes and supports and thinking like oh you know what's the chance of this going down eight percent i get assigned here and then they start hitting the copium like yeah you know i just pick it up stock there's no big deal like oh yeah i plan for this and they hit the copium again yeah, I don't care that the stock is down 20% than where I bought it. Yeah, I'm writing cover calls for like three bucks and you know, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time, but it'll come back. <laughs> like, you do, <laughs> like you do all these like explanations to ju justify uh, a bad position, but you should feel like you have a plan at every step. So yeah, um, easier said than done uh, for a lot of these things, obviously, uh, but just thought this would be a healthy reminder for when we jump into this week, uh, the week of December 6th. So yeah, it looks like um, just from an earlier update from the podcast, yeah, we're gonna be down around 2% on the NASDAQ tomorrow at open. So that won't be very good for tech stocks. Uh, but good thing we just discussed about uh, <laughs> trading in downturn environments, right? Like it's very hard to time these things. You don't know what a dead when a dead cat bounces, a dead cat bounce. Um, you also don't know just like how short of a blip it will be or how long of a blip it would be. So be careful. We're almost done. I know one of my main motivators of just making sure that like um, that I uh, don't mess up at the end of the year is just so like I have a really good talking place for next year. Because if you listen to the podcast, I refer to 2020 and like 2019 a lot because I'm very proud of how I traded there. Um, in that in that environment where I was recording uh, podcasts and telling everybody it's gonna be fine and telling people how I was trading and how I was doing uh, all while uploading trades at theygame.com slash Juni and all my trades there and then taking losses and showing up for my losses but also gaining uh, gains and all that fun stuff that was happening during that time too. So I'm kind of treating the end, this year, the end of 2021, today, like December 5th, um, just another, like, you know, just another, uh, point of history that I could look back on and say, like, you know, here's, like, the extension of the rally from coronavirus, and here's how I traded it, and this is how I did well, and this is how, at the very end of the year, you know, the, all the stock tickers, I took, a, like, a 15% haircut or more, and I still ended up the year fine, like, I'm building this repertoire or resume or 
classifications. I, I have no idea what, the, or bullet points <laughs> of just things that I could look back on. And if someone uh, asks me for help or some advice, that I have like the the actual experience of having gone through it. Where like I think a lot of people right now either watch other people's videos or other or read like Investopedia or read books, but never actually go through it. Um, to and then are able to talk about it to the, um, I want to say like the realisticness of it all because you know I do poke fun at a lot of responsible things too because a lot of the most responsible things are never done because it's not it's just not realistic to do like for example um, you know diversification you're supposed to diversify like one percent of your portfolio to like a lot of different things right and so. Um, or maybe keeping your max losses 1% of your portfolio so you have 99 more tries. That stuff is very responsible, very logical, but it's not realistic to do. And so, you know, I, I poke fun at that. I poke fun at people that say, oh, you know, I'm never selling, or uh, I poke fun at um, people that think, like, market manipulators are the reason why they lost earnings. Like, just a whole bunch of, uh, just a whole bunch of experiences that I've gone through uh, that I can talk about. So the end of 2021, this year, um, I hope is a good ending for me, uh, where I, in 2022, I can talk about 2020 and 2021 uh, proudly. So there you go. Find your motivators to make sure that you trade properly. I have mine, and I hope, I, <laughs> hope you can find yours. Uh, I will go to the outro. I'll see everybody on the Tuesday live stream. The last Tuesday's live stream was really good. Like the last turnout was really awesome. Um, that's twitch.tv slash real theta gang at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. You know what? I'm just gonna go straight into the outro from here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at real theta gang. That's twitch.tv slash real theta gang. Uh, follow me on Twitter at real theta gang. You can email me at juni at theta gang.com. Theta gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with the theta gang referral code is a huge Huge, 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 huge help. That's Theta Gang, one word, all caps. Okay, that took a little bit of time, but I had to get the Excel sheet and then had to also sign into the right account because I got like four emails. Uh, Want to give a shout out to my patrons. That's Pocket Change, King Bo D, um, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay Z, Malot, Pastor Bedtime, Empty Cans, Moz, Norkel, Royal, Mitch Brady, Seven, Upstream, Puddle, Craig Thomas, G.J. Wilson, Beans, J. Kim, Statistically Ram, Tom Thomas, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Deleted. <laughs> Joffrey86, Iron Bell, Witten, DGMAC86, Nal, Vlad TC, Moment 86, Chivonis, M. Hayden, Little, Mr. Sneezy, Metal Dum Dum, Grandpa 95, Leo, Justin, Fancy Wolf, Maestro XC, Neat the River, Young Steve Nash, Satoshi, Bat Dragon, Chicken Dinner, Ivan Yurkinov, Decentral, Arfman, Lower Sky, Lator, Lazy Reservist, The Jester, Crispy Game Boy, Dukapo, and Rest of Your Shifty, AG, Theta Ray, UAlex V, Ensis88. Holy moly. Wow. I am almost too hungry to uh, give a 1%. I'll make the next 1% really, really good. Um, I'm just gonna go eat. I ordered uh, uh, these tacos that are like hard shell fried tacos. They're like, they're really traditional though. So I don't want you to think like, oh, I'm eating like Taco Bell tacos. Though, though those are really good too. But these are like burria tacos that are like fried and you dip them into like, um, Consume, is I think that's what it's called. It's like this soup. It's like super bomb. Anyway, it's like outside. It's waiting for me to pick it up. And uh, yeah, I will. I hope to see everyone on the live stream. Uh, otherwise, I'll see everyone on the next podcast. Uh, if I'm not going to see you on the next podcast or you're not going to hear me on the next podcast, 
please, please do yourself the biggest favor and just trade responsibly. You have the entire rest of your life to trade. You might as well be doing it uh, the most effective way as possible. And that's time in market versus timing the market, as said by, I think, Warren Buffett. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just one of those things that like people uh, love to quote but don't do. But yeah, I, anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, later, later, I'll see everyone next week. Bye. <laughs>